Hey there, I'm your host, T.G. Brandfault, and you're listening to the Gondrepreneur.com podcast, where we try to bring you actionable information and normalize cannabis through the stories of gondrepreneurs, activists, and industry stakeholders. Today, I'm joined by Matt Rosetta. He's the CEO of North Six Agency, a public relations firm based in New York. And uh, we're going to chat about something I'm pretty familiar with, uh, the topic of public relations. Uh, How are you doing this morning, Matt? T.G., doing well. How are you doing? I'm doing great, man. Uh, so be, before we get into, you know, what you guys do over there, tell me about yourself, man. You know, uh, how'd you get involved first in, you know, the PR industry? And, and when did you decide to start providing PR services to cannabis industry operators? Sure. So myself first, uh, you know, I, I got out of school and uh, took a job in-house with Sony BMG, where I was doing a lot of the domestic marketing and PR for their international artists. And I was doing that as my day job, was rushing home on the commuter train here in New York City to Westchester County. And then during the night hours, uh, I was representing athletes uh, and trying to get them jobs overseas. And my ambitions were really just to become a full-time agent once I had uh, enough clients and, um, you know, enough revenue coming in from that side of the business to make that my full-time gig. And, you know, those were my aspirations coming out of school. Um, Quickly learned that life as a sports agent wasn't all that it was cracked up to be. Really liked my time at Sony working working on the media side. And that's when I committed to uh, pursuing a career in PR and marketing and media. And And then fast forward about uh, four or five years after that, um, got this crazy idea to start an agency of my own, um, launched it, N6A, launched it out of my basement with a few technology clients um, without much to my name at the time. And here we are eight years later, we have about 51 employees. We're headquartered here in New York City. We have an office in Toronto. We work with about 70 clients spread across 30 different industries. Uh, We spun off our own dedicated cannabis division, which you mentioned uh, earlier this year. So we were one of the first mainstream agencies, if not the first uh, mainstream agency in the country to spin off cannabis as its own dedicated uh, division. And, um, you know, that's us as of 2017. It's an incredible story, man. And you're a young guy. Like when you started this whole process, you were what, 26? Yeah, just uh, regard before my 27th birthday. Baby on the way, just closed on our first house. Wife went on maternity leave, and we figured what the hell, we might as well just get all of our life changes done at the same time. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, congratulations, man. You know, it it takes a lot to... I mean, live, live your, live your truth, man. And, and so, you know, it seems like you're doing that. Uh, what, what drew you to the cannabis industry? Well, by the time we, by the time we took on our first cannabis client, TG, we were probably about five or six years old as a business at that time. Uh, we had scaled our business nicely. We were in about 20 different industries and we were starting to carve out a nice niche and reputation for ourselves as an agency that was well connected with the national mainstream media here in New York. Um, and you started to see a lot of these cannabis brands that were used to working with niche specialized cannabis uh, PR agencies 
now start to have an interest in elevating their brand to the next level in national mainstream media. And we were just well positioned at the time as an agency here in New York that was well connected nationally. Uh, you know, we we took uh, one or two clients on sort of as a case study, you know, test approach. Uh, this was back in like late 2015 timeframe, spent a lot of time learning about the industry, investing in the space, building out our media Rolodex, and really just educating ourselves. Um, and that's how the whole thing got started. And then, you know, about it was about 18 months after that initial phase, we found ourselves in a really unique position where we were very well connected within the national media when it came to cannabis. Our Rolodex of clients and prospects was really strong. Uh, our team was top notch. You know, we had, um, you know, Rob Benisco, who now runs our cannabis crew, uh, was doing a great job really learning the industry and had an interest in building a team out. So we just felt January of this year, you know, right place, right time. We had made the appropriate investments and we figured let's double down on this and that's the decision we made earlier this year and uh, you know we haven't looked back ever since so what were some of the things that you needed to learn early on about this space well I'll tell you one thing one thing when we you know I, I, I flash back to when we first got the thing started um, you know, first off, we saw a really unique opportunity, TG, when it came to the cannabis space. Like you talk about back in 2015, I know that sounds like it wasn't too long ago, but in cannabis, you know, dog years in cannabis, that's like, you know, that's like, you know, an eternity ago. And we saw an incredible opportunity where the mainstream media was very much just starting to cover the space and their opinions and their coverage beats were just starting to evolve. And we found ourselves in a unique position where we could really help them craft their stories and craft their uh, domain knowledge of cannabis before it got too popular. So, um, you know, in terms of what, you know, what we needed to learn and what we needed to do, we just wanted to make sure we were surrounding ourselves with the right people, you know, the right types of clients who are in cannabis for the right reasons, you know, the right media contacts who, uh, you know, I just started to explore covering the cannabis industry on a mainstream national scale and really just educating ourselves. You know, cannabis is incredibly fast paced. You know, you have things changing every single day, not just from a regulatory standpoint, but from, you know, every, um, you know, every way imaginable. So at that time, it was really just about educating ourselves and doing it quickly before, um, you know, other agencies got up to speed. So, um, was there any concern when you when you started this uh, project on the industry being risky or taboo and, and tarnishing your firm's reputation? Well, look in terms of in terms of our firm's reputation, we didn't really have any concern from a reputation standpoint. Um, however, in terms of the risk, absolutely. I mean, we were, you know, we were really concerned about the risk. It had nothing to do with reputation, but it had to do with the fact that it was going to require a lot of time, a lot of money to make the investment to, to, you know, to grow our cannabis division. And there really was no guarantee of any kind of return on that. So of course, you know, we were concerned with the risk. Um, you know, just like anything, though, it's all about risk tolerance and uh, you know, risk reward. And we sat. Down down and when we looked at the upside, I mean, look at the upside. The upside at that time was, you know, for all the risk that came with it, what was the upside? You know, we had a chance to be the first agency in the country to do something like this on a mainstream level. You know, we could recruit and build a team from scratch. You know, we could create a culture and brand for the N6A cannabis division that lived within N6A that had its own identity and personality and really be at the forefront of, you know, what we believed was a once in a generation opportunity. So if that doesn't get you going, then nothing will. So 
you know, we were totally aware and concerned by the risk that existed. But when you do risk reward, I mean, look at the reward, look at the upside. And we made a strategic, um, you know, what we believed was an intelligent um, decision to, 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 you know, to make the leap in cannabis. And, you know, and it's obviously worked out. So in an interview, you had said, uh, you know, when you launched your agency and you were in the financial industry, they wanted to stay out of the news. Uh, are you finding that to be the case with the cannabis industry due to the nature of their business? No. In fact, the irony in that, TG, is we see cannabis brands with an interest in doing the opposite. They really want to focus on the two E's as we're seeing it at N6A. Number one is educate. They want to educate the media. They want to see their brands as um, educators of the mainstream media as the mainstream media is learning about cannabis and learning about trends within cannabis. And then the second E is elevate. They want to elevate their brand. These brands that are engaging with agencies like ours here at N6A typically are brands that are pretty well known within cannabis niche industry circles, but now feel like you know it's the right place and the right time to elevate their brand on a mainstream level and become national household brands and in general you know that's the trend we're seeing among these cannabis clients there's a genuine authentic interest and commitment to wanting to educate the media and there's a genuine and authentic and sometimes you know commercial obviously interest in elevating their brand to become household names so when you sat down you know with your team and and you started identifying who you would target uh, for, for your, your, your campaigns. Uh, how, how did you identify this target audience within the cannabis space? Well, when it comes to identifying target audience within the cannabis space, it's not you, there's a lot of similarities. You know, we work here at N6A with clients across, you know, 30 some odd industries. And I think one there's obviously a lot of differences between what cannabis clients are looking for and what our other uh, client clients in other industry verticals are looking for. But when it comes to cannabis and you know, when it comes to the target audience, I think there's a lot of similarities. I mean, in general, they're looking to communicate to a target audience that is going to see their brand as thought leaders and educators uh, of their specific domain in cannabis, you know, in our cannabis portfolio, it's within whatever vertical those clients are uh, servicing within cannabis. It could be, you know, cannabis from an HR and recruiting standpoint. It could be cannabis from media standpoint, consumer standpoint, financial standpoint. I think when it comes to identifying target audiences, it's just who are they trying to educate? Are they trying to educate consumers? If so, we go heavy after mainstream consumers. Consumer media is it the investment investor community? If so, obviously it's going to be much more heavily focused on the financial trade publications and the business magazines and the business media and whatnot. Um, you know, if it's HR recruiting, it's much more about jobs and employment trade. So, in terms of how we identify their target audience, it's not unlike what we do for other clients, where it's just understanding who they sell to or who they're trying to influence, and then get to the influencers within the media that uh, is consuming that that that, that media. So I want to talk to you a bit more about a statement that you made earlier about finding the right clients. But before we get to that, we got to take a short break. This is the Gondrepreneur.com podcast. I'm TG Brandfall. If you are looking for a job in the rapidly growing and highly competitive cannabis industry, Gondrepreneur.com is the place to look. Visit the Gondrepreneur job board today to browse current openings with cannabis companies throughout the United States, from entry-level bud tender positions to executive-level career opportunities. You can also create a profile and upload your resume to be discovered by cannabis recruiters. Visit our job board at jobs.gondrepreneur.com to create your profile today. 
If you are a business owner, you can post your job openings for as little as $25 on our job board to reach the largest and most engaged audience of cannabis professionals on the web. Companies who are listed in the Gondrepreneur Business Directory are eligible for free job listings. If you are already signed up, contact us today via the website or send us an email at grow at to activate your unique coupon. Hey, welcome back to the Gondrepreneur.com podcast. I'm your host, TG Brandfault. I'm here with Matt Rosetta, CEO of N6A or North 6th Agency down in the Big Apple. Um, so earlier you had mentioned, you know, talking about finding the right clients. What types of businesses or people operating in this space are the right clients for you? Great question, TG. Uh, for us at N6A, finding the right clients within Cannabis ultimately comes down to three things. Number one, we need a client that has to have a vision, a true vision, clear vision to elevate their brand on a mainstream level and become a household brand because that's why they're engaging with us. They're engaging with us typically to take the next step as a brand. So if a brand wants to take the next step, they're known as a niche cannabis company and now they want to become a household cannabis company and do that via the mainstream media, you know. Good fit, check number one. Number two, they need to have clear innovation and disruption within their sector in cannabis. So we talked earlier about some of the cannabis sectors we represent, HR, recruiting, media, consumer, um, you know, data, whatever it is, whatever the sector is, if there's a clear innovative and disruptive component to their product or their service offering, you know, that that obviously is of interest to us in, in terms of a good potential client match. And then number three, and I would say the most important thing is the client really needs to buy into N6A's pillars. And our pillars are three things. Speed, you know, we work very fast, um, embrace the pace, you know, that's our mantra and our motto. So the client needs to be able to match our speed. They need to um, have an interest in doing things quickly, you know, being able to, you know, match us minute for minute. And um, number two, data. You know, we're very data driven in terms of our ability to measure. So we want clients that are comfortable. Uh, you know, we get rankings from them every month. You know, we operate in a KPI environment. So we do look for clients that are comfortable, um, you know, with a level of holding their service providers accountable when it comes to data and KPIs. And then, you know, also buying into the people and culture. Like N6A is a people first, you know, culture first organization. And we want clients that are good partners from us in that respect. You know, they respect our team. You know, our team is incredibly hardworking. You know, our cannabis crew with Rob and Lauren and Carrie and Allie and obviously the Toronto team up, um, you know, you know, in the Toronto office that's, that services all of the social media pieces of our cannabis clients. You know, you want a good people match between the client and our team. And I think those are the three things we'll look at. They need to have a vision to elevate their brand. They need clear and innovative uh, disruption within their service sectors in cannabis. And they need to buy in our pillars at N6A, speed, data, and uh, people. So, and I do want to just quickly sort of uh, commend you on the team that you've put together. I I deal with a couple members of your team, and and they're far – there's just something different about the way that they do business. And – uh, you know, the, the, when they contact me and, and when they reach out to me, when they pitch me ideas, you know, it's very, it's very, it's very welcoming. You know, you don't really feel like you're dealing with a PR person so much as, you know, you feel like you're dealing with sort of, you know, a buddy sending you an email. So, you know, you've definitely found some very innovative individuals to work in this, 
on this innovative team that you've put together. So I do want to commend you for um, for your work there. Um, so what's what's been proven to be the most effective way to get your cannabis clients' message out? Hey, TJ, just real quick, I want to just go back to um, just go back to the team. I, I appreciate appreciate the kudos. Um, I want to just tell you a quick story that reminds me of. I actually I remember being in a cafe in Soho, right here on Mercer Street. We were probably I don't know about eighteen months into working with cannabis clients at the time. This was like you know late two thousand sixteen, and we were starting to plan our um, you know we were starting to put together our game plan for. 17, and uh, I sat down with Rob Vanisco, who now runs our cannabis group, and we talked about we talked about the vision to spin off cannabis and create our own dedicated division. And um, you know, at that time, a big part of what we were talking about was recruiting. Like, we want to go out and recruit the best talent that's motivated for the right reasons, that's committed to being a partner with clients and a partner with the media. And, you know, I think we've recruited that way. So a lot of what you talked about with regard to our team and your experience with them, you know, obviously I tip my hat to, um, you know, to Rob, who runs our group. I mean, they've done a phenomenal job holding themselves to, stand, to standards that, um, you know, are incredibly Demanding, they have created their own really unique culture with N6A culture for cannabis. There's a lot of pride in that group, and you know they, they work their butts off and they do it the the, the hard way um, and the right way. And it all comes back to I remember sitting in a in a you know cafe in Soho talking to Rob about how we're going to recruit, and that's what it all you know those are the pillars and the values that we wanted to hold our team to. And you know I think we've recruited that way. And it shows. I mean, it it absolutely does. Um... So, so what's proven to be the most effective way to get your cannabis clients message out? Well, look, it comes down to it's ed the education first approach works in cannabis, you know, 99 times out of a hundred, you know, your head needs to be in the right place in terms of wanting to have a genuine education first mindset to the media, because you got to remember the media right now, at least at a mainstream level, for the most part is still very much in, um, it, in their infancy, as far as as far as learning about cannabis, they want to be educated. They want, they want to be sponges, and they just want to learn as much as possible about cannabis, so that their coverage beats can become as informative as possible for the, you know, folks who are consuming media. So I think on the PR side, if you're representing a client, you need to mimic that. You know, you need to take an education-first mindset for your clients because that's really what the media is craving. So you got the media craving to be educated, and if you're, you know, a PR agency, you need to represent clients that, um, you know, really see the value in becoming educators and having an education first mindset, because that'll create incredible synergies between the demand in the media and the supply that the client can provide. Um, and then also we see relationship centric approaches work very well in cannabis, again, as a byproduct of the industry just still being very nascent and in, in infancy, uh, you know, face to face time. You know, I know some of your dealings with our team have been very uh, personal and customized. I think that relationship first uh, investment is working really well in cannabis. So those would be the two things I would look at in terms of the most effective ways to get cannabis clients out there in the press. Number one, take an education first approach. And number two, commit and invest to cultivating relationships on a personal level with the media. So. You know, well, the media might want to be sponges and, and even, you know, some companies like the Denver Post have created their own, you know, cannabis division. There's still a lot of, 
you know, negative stigma on, uh, around cannabis. Members of law enforcement, anti-drug organizations, some religious institutions, they don't like it. So, you know, how do you work to help dispel some of these notions that are really concrete with some population sectors? Sure. Well, look, great question, TG. I would say, you know, first of all, you know, we're not a lobbyist firm, right? So our interests are not, you know, aligned with any sort of government or legislative agenda. So what do we do to sort of combat some of the issues on behalf of our clients that you talked about? Well, we do it by being honest, hardworking, intelligent, um, taking on the right clients, giving the media access to the best minds in cannabis from a diverse set of cannabis sectors that can provide perspectives that are unique and different than what they're used to hearing. And then ultimately, the judge and jury is the consumer. You know, the judge and jury, let the, you know, let the consumer who's reading the media or watching the media or listening to the podcast, ultimately let them make the decision on, you know, how this, um, you, you know, how this fits into their own interests, if they think it's right or whatnot. But all we can do as an agency is take on the right clients, take a really honest, hardworking and smart approach to it and give the media access to incredibly an incredibly diverse set of perspectives and then let the um, you know let the general public uh, you know form their own opinions from there and also from from a let's let's talk about briefly about a crisis communications perspective you know that negative stigma is going to uh, you know make it a little bit harder when when something happens with with the industry or a company say a testing uh, a, a licensed producer has a, has a tainted crop right and this does happen uh, we see this a lot in Canada. Uh, we saw it a lot in Canada last year. So, you know, because of that negative stigma, from a crisis communications perspective, is it harder to handle crises in this industry than it is more traditional industries? I will say this, TG, when it comes to crisis comms, so at N6A, like we're, we're handling crisis comms across so many different industries. And, you know, from a media perspective, we're constantly commenting on a lot of high stakes, you know, brands brand that are in crisis with Uber and United. I can say that the main difference we're seeing across the board when it comes to cannabis clients and their crisis situations is that it just kind of, it always feels like the stakes are a little bit higher when it comes to cannabis because it's such a polarizing topic. And also because it still is so nascent and so and, and still very much evolving. So every time there's a crisis, the potential impact it has on the person who is uh, being educated on the crisis seems like it's higher. It seems like it's more important. It seems like it's more impactful. So, you know, the strategies are pretty transferable across industries. I don't necessarily think we're taking a different approach strategically when it comes to crisis comms clients than our other clients, but it just kind of always feels like the stakes are a little bit higher and, you know, you have to um, be a little bit more uh, considerate and and sensitive to the issues at hand because it's a lot more polarizing and it's a first impression situation because for the most part, the media is just hearing about that crisis for the first time. So I want to talk to you a bit more about some of the differences between uh, the cannabis industry and other other traditional industries. But before we do that, we got to take our last break. This is the Gondrepreneur.com podcast. I'm T.G. Brandfall. At Gondrepreneur, we have heard from dozens of cannabis business owners who have encountered the issue of canna bias, which is when a mainstream business, whether a landlord, bank, or some other provider of vital business services, refuses to do business with them simply because of their association with cannabis. 
We have even heard stories of businesses being unable to provide health and life insurance for their employees because the insurance providers were too afraid to work with them. We believe that this fear is totally unreasonable and that cannabis business owners deserve access to the same services and resources that other businesses are afforded, that they should be able to hire consultation to help them follow the letter of the law in their business endeavors, and that they should be able to provide employee benefits without needing to compromise on the quality of coverage they can offer. This is why we created the Gondrepreneur.com Business Service Directory, a resource for cannabis professionals to find and connect with service providers who are cannabis friendly and who are actively seeking cannabis industry clients. If you are considering hiring a business consultant, lawyer, accountant, web designer, or any other ancillary service for your business, go to Gondrepreneur.com businesses to browse hundreds of agencies, firms, and organizations who support cannabis legalization and who want to help you grow your business. With so many options to choose from in each service category, you will be able to browse company profiles and do research on multiple companies in advance so you can find the provider who is the best fit for your particular need. Our business service directory is intended to be a useful and well-maintained resource, which is why we individually vet each listing that is submitted. If you are a business service provider who wants to work with cannabis clients, you may be a good fit for our service directory. Go to gondrepreneur.com businesses to create your profile and start connecting with cannabis entrepreneurs today. Welcome back to the Gondrepreneur.com podcast. I'm your host, T.G. Brandfold. I'm here with Matt Rosetta, CEO of N6A, uh, or North 6 Agency, a public relations firm. Um, so, so what is different about the cannabis space from more pr- traditional businesses from a public relations perspective? Well, I think, TG, the first thing that jumps that comes to mind is it's a lot easier to go product first in your PR approach in traditional businesses, um, whereas that rule doesn't necessarily apply to cannabis. You know, we were talking about this earlier. Cannabis, for the most part, it should be an education first, product second approach, whereas because, because again, the media is still learning and it's all about making sure that you're introducing them to the right people and you're educating them as their uh, coverage beats evolve. So cannabis, for the most part, is education first, product second when it comes to the media. Traditional businesses, it's a lot easier to do product first, education second. I would say also another uh, observation in terms of cannabis versus traditional sectors, there's a whole lot more opportunity when it comes to uh, your potential in PR if you're a cannabis business than traditional uh, businesses because again it's still nascent the reporter that's getting uh, the reporter that's getting used to cannabis chances are they only have a handful of sources right now and they need to you know 2x 3x those sources and there's a finite window to do that over the next four to six months so there's a whole lot of opportunity um, and potential if you're a cannabis client to capitalize on that whereas in traditional industries from a PR perspective you you know, you've reached saturation point in a lot of cases. So introducing a client to the media, well, chances are that reporter, that producer, that podcast host, whoever it is, already has a, a deep Rolodex and a bench that, you know, is, is really deep. And you're going to kind of have to fight to get on their radar. And cannabis right now is still evolving. So a ton of opportunity, ton of potential when it comes to relationship building. Uh, the other thing, too, is speed counts. Like speed counts in all businesses in PR, but speed really counts when it comes to um, when it comes to cannabis, because the cannabis landscape is changing every day. 
you know, every second in some cases. And you, as a brand, you've got to react really quickly to that. You have to be up to speed on regulatory and legislative topics. You have to be up to speed on um, statewide issues, nationwide issues. You have to be up to speed on consumer cannabis issues versus B2B cannabis issues. So speed counts. You better do that quickly because if you don't do that quickly, you're going to, you know, you're going to, you're going to miss out uh, real fast. And just talking to you, man, I mean, you're, you're working a mile a minute here. So, I mean, in order for anyone, you know, on your team to keep up with you, I mean, they really got to be fast. Yeah, well, it's no empty, no empty uh, tagline. Embrace the pace, I promise. <laughs> so what's, uh, what's your advice for companies who think that they might want or even require PR services? Well, I would say if you're a cannabis brand, you really need to look in the mirror and ask yourself, what are you looking for? Uh, are you looking to take the next step as a brand and become a national household brand within cannabis? If the answer is yes, you know, you want to get ahead of that. You want to start thinking about not just PR, but you want to be thinking about your brand, your marketing strategies, your promotional efforts, your your messaging, you know, one step ahead of that as a national brand, just like other national brands in industries outside of cannabis would. But again, looking in the mirror, you know, you might just want to stay uh, within the cannabis niche and you might be very comfortable just continuing to own your domain as a niche specialized, uh, you know, cannabis only, uh, um, you know, industry vertical. And if that's the case, there's nothing wrong with that. But you, you really need to ask yourself, look in the mirror and ask yourself, what do we want our brand to be? become. If we want to become national, household, mainstream, it's time to get to start thinking national, household, mainstream in every regard, advertising, marketing, media, the whole bit. If it's more niche and more centralized, then, you know, continue to think uh, about things from a cannabis industry perspective. And and what's your advice for entrepreneurs, you know, within not not just, you know, within sort of a cannabis centric uh sort of a cannabis centric umbrella, but, but just entrepreneurs in general. I mean, you, you started your company quite young, um, you know, and it's, and it's a competitive industry, especially in New York city. Um, you know, so, so can you give us some advice that, that, that you would have for people who might be in your position, you know, young and hungry? Well, surround yourself with great people, surround yourself, not just with great people, but people who are better than you, um, you know, who certainly fill voids in your game that you have. Uh, that would be one. You know, another one, frankly, is be genuine, be authentic, you know, be speak to something, be, you know, stand for something. I think that's really important. I think authenticity as you scale a business becomes a really important part of your cultural fabric. And you can only scale if you stay true to your roots and you're authentic at every step of the way. Uh, hold yourself very accountable too. Um, you need to understand that nobody is perfect and you need checks and balances along the way. You need a really strong inner circle that's going to keep you in check and tell you when you're making mistakes and you're going to have to hold yourself very accountable and make sure that you don't make those same mistakes twice. I think you want to be experimental. You know, at N6A, we do things in a very experimental fashion. You know, I encourage my folks to go out there and to experiment, to go run tests. Don't be afraid to uh, push the envelope and roll the dice. Uh, and as long as you're not stupid about your assessment of those experiments and, you know, you'll find your, your game really improving at every step of the way. If you do that, the stuff you're going to get a lot of experiments that work, the stuff that works, invest in, double down on those, you know, really make those a part of the fabric of your culture as you scale to the next level. And then all the stupid experiments you did that didn't work, 
Well, you know, don't be an idiot about those. Hold yourself accountable and make sure that, you know, you're not doing those same experiments twice. And, you know, TG, I look at our business eight years later and, you know, it's just the manifestation of eight years of a lot of learning lessons, a lot of experiments, some of which have failed, some of which have succeeded that we've doubled down on. And, um, you know, I look forward to the future of just continuing to learn, continuing to improve and um, get better year in and year out. Well, I I want to, you know, just just congratulate you on all your success thus far and for having the foresight to recognize uh, that cannabis is a legitimate industry that that deserves, uh, you know, legitimate professional uh, professional firms such as yours. So, uh, you know, I I applaud your efforts to that end. where can people find out more about you, what you do, uh, the agency? They can uh, they can check us out. Our corporate website, TG, is n6a.com. They can go to competeandcare.com, which is our recruiting portal. It goes over all of our value system and our culture here at N6A and a bunch of our cool perks and competitions. If people have questions specific to our N6A cannabis division, they can send an email to cannabis at n6a.com and someone will reach out to them. Uh, from a recruiting standpoint, we're always looking specifically within the cannabis uh, crew here at N6A for great talent and talent that's motivated by what's going on in cannabis right now and the opportunity to be a part of a team that is creating something special. And, you know, we believe it's a once in a lifetime opportunity. Uh, I wish I was able to live through PR and media in the early 90s when the dot com boom was, was happening. You know, I was young. I was in fourth grade or so at the time. So this is kind of, you know, our way or my way of um, getting a second chance or a first chance, I guess, of, you know, being a part of something at the ground level uh, that's exciting, that's taking off, that's a once in a, a lifetime opportunity. You know, cannabis media, mainstream media in 2017, it's a lot of fun. Um, so have them reach it. Your listeners should reach out to us at cannabis at n6a.com if they want to be a part of that. Well, Matt, I want to thank you for for coming on the show, taking the time. Uh, this has been really a, a, a cool conversation for me to have. Uh, you know, I have a master's degree in uh, communications, public relations, journalism, and uh, so this is one of the first opportunities I've had to really, you know, talk to somebody about where where sort of what I do now, what I went to school for, collide. So, you know, I really appreciate you taking the time out, man. No, likewise, the feeling is mutual. We. Yeah, we really appreciate the relationship with UTG and look forward to continuing to work together. You can find more episodes of the Gontrepreneur.com podcast in the podcast section of Gontrepreneur.com and in the Apple iTunes store. On the Gontrepreneur.com website, you will find the latest cannabis news and cannabis jobs updated daily along with transcripts of this podcast. You can also download the Gontrepreneur.com app in iTunes and Google Play. I've been your host, TG Brandfall. 